Hello, everyone, and welcome back for an episode of A Bit Spursy. I'm Barney. I'm Dan. We've been away for a while, but we're back. We're back in the seat. We're back in the studio. And we're back in your ears. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It feels good to be back in your ears. Yeah, it feels great. It's really nice in here. It feels wonderful. It's very cozy. A, a little bit more wax than we would like, but mm. that's fine. It's, it's okay. You know, that's all right. We, uh, we are connoisseurs of wax, so, you know... We enjoy them. Where are we? Where is it? How's this got on the rails? We don't have high standards. It's, yeah. because, it's because we haven't recorded in a couple of weeks, Barney, and yeah. we've forgotten how to do it. We've forgotten how to do it. So we put some mics in front of our faces, and now we've just lost the plot completely. We've lost it. We've lost it. We've already gone to earwax. I didn't have that in the schedule until March later. Yeah. So um, what a nightmare. Um, we have quite a bit to talk about. Uh, as usual with Tottenham, it has been uh bananas it's been completely uh all over the place um obviously the euros are on at the moment so we'll chat a bit about that um the manager search is ongoing so we'll chat about that and a few other uh little uh little things yeah it's again i think we said this before the last um pod that it's like when we think it's going to be quiet for spurs uh never the case nope also it's not quiet but also nothing has happened. Yeah. Like it's kind of, so, so much has happened yet nothing has happened. Exactly. Um, yeah. But it's like, it's been, it's been crazy. Um, I think, you know, the last couple of weeks we just had a couple of other things on and we thought we need to take a little break here, but we are back now to mm-hmm. play catch up. And then who knows, hopefully next week we might have a more straightforward podcast where, um, you know, we've ticked off a few boxes, everything's going ahead, but I doubt that will be the case given recent events. Yeah, exactly. I Every um, time that we've been like, oh, we're going to record a podcast um, on a let's not do it uh, tonight or we've got this on or whatever, the thing we always say to each other is, yeah, we'll wait a couple of days because we'll have a manager by then and we still don't. Yeah, and then we end up getting to it's like, well, we just got to record again. <laughs> we yeah. can't let this go another week. We need to get back on. We need yep. to do this. And, yeah, we're still in the place now. So, I don't know about you, Barney. I'm starting to get quite comfortable with the fact that we're a man- managerless team. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like maybe we could um, employ, like, you know, when you, you read about sort of like, you know, businesses and how they run and how they run in different places. And then you hear there's like some, um, you know, Swedish um, Scandinavian business god who has built some company that runs without any management. And they are like the best company to work for and all of these sorts of things. Um I, that's maybe that's where we're going in this now. Maybe we'll look back at this in ten years, and Spurs will be the first club that went without a manager, and we just let the players sort it out themselves. Um, and it, who knows? It could be a raging success. Yeah, it could be. I don't think it will. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you haven't bought into the concept as I, much as I have. I haven't. I haven't. I haven't been reading these Swedish business. Uh, maybe if I read a couple of articles, I'd be more on board. But for me. Uh, I want a manager. You know, that's where we differ. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Look, I, I, manager ideal, not manager. Well, we could do, we could we could do, do worse. We could. I'm just trying to look for the positives here of where we are. What if we say we went down the route of, of no manager? Yeah. Could we then have on the side of the ground a big, you know, those big like blow up men that uh, uh, we could just have one of those. We could have one of those in, yeah. in place yeah. <laughs> as the manager. Yeah. I love that. And I love that the players, if they didn't react and respond to the manager, that the club would have words with them. Mm. They're like, have you seen the managers going wild on the sidelines? That you didn't wild. take any of his like tactical adjustments into consideration there. <laughs> Pierre, what are you doing? Pierre, come on. Well, I know that you're a leader and you have a, a very articulate way of speaking and you can uh, motivate other players, but you're not the manager, Pierre. It's the big blow-up man. It's the blow-up man. The yeah. big balloon person is the manager. Yeah. So get in your lane. <laughs> um, let's um, maybe start this. Uh, not that all the content that we haven't said so far is not vitally important. This uh, is extremely important stuff. Yeah, to yeah absolutely. I yeah. also just want to very quickly add in that um, for any of our um, listeners in Sweden, um, we didn't. We don't mean any offense by this. We don't mean to say that this, that you know. We, we might get a slew of e- emails and you know, yeah. coming in saying like, "Hey, we Swedes believe in management. We actually get that sorted. Mm. We do good jobs there. Look at this. Look at this." Um, so you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. I need to do more research on that before I bring it before I bring it back up again. Yeah. Sorry to Sweden, um, the the entire country. 
Apologies. 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 I think I'm trying to gloss this over because there's a little part of me that really wishes we would sign Isaac. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. And so it's like any, I don't want to put any bad karma out into the universe about yeah. like Sweden uh-huh. at all because yeah. oh, Isaac is just amazing. And I know we might touch on the Euros a little bit later, see how we go. But um, oh, he's, if, if we're getting rid of Kane, give us some Isaac. Give us some Isaac, Sweden, because we love you and we love whether you have a manager or no manager in your business structure, that's fine by us, whatever. Totally fine. Yeah. Um, so as you said, the Euros are obviously on at the moment. Uh, Christian Eriksen uh, collapsed during his game uh, just really quickly. Hope he's doing well. Um, I loved him when he was at Spurs. Um, I was furious when he left. Um, and now that I've come to accept it, I love him again. Um, yeah, I just hope, you know, it was, it was awful to watch. I, I didn't see it live. I saw... Um, a replay and yeah, it was, it was awful. Yeah. I didn't watch it live, um, but I had friends messaging as it was happening. Yeah. Um, and it reminded me a bit of like the Mwamba incident yeah. um, years ago. And I remember for whatever reason, back when that happened, um, I think it was an FA cup game. And back then we didn't have FA cup games televised in Australia. Um, or we only had like the semifinals and the final or that sort of thing. Um, and I remember for whatever reason, it was the middle of the night and I was lying in bed listening to it on a radio, I guess, like, or some like audio stream from the BBC, like it was like 1950s, like it was <laughs> that sort of vibe. And it was just like, um, I still remember it vividly now because like the commentators, they were just describing and like how distraught the players were then. And um, that's something that really sort of, you know, stuck with me. Mm. So I guess pairing that now, if you saw the, you know, saw images around it as well. Um, I know that quite a lot of people have found it quite distressing, um, the footage that was actually seen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is, like you say, it is great to see here that, you know, Christian is back on his feet and he's, um, you know, he seems to be okay Yeah. at the moment. Um, I think in terms of like the medical side, like there's a lot of people speculating about this, that, everything else. And like I personally don't have the medical knowledge to, you know, question anything like that. But we've heard from a lot of people saying that like, you know, there weren't really any signs of... Um, you know, of this being an issue for him. Um, I think it's, it's like some sort of a regular heart beat that pops up or something like that. Yeah, I, I'm not – yeah, again, not a doctor. I don't know. I know there's a condition called uh, atrial uh, fibrillation where uh, your the bottom part of your heart and the top part of your heart are beating in a different rhythm. And when that happens, you can collapse like Christian did. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't I don't really know. Yeah. So, yeah. And I think the – He's got to get a, I forget the name, but, but what it is, but whatever he's getting fitted in his heart now, I think is something that basically stops that happening in the future that if it detects an irregular beat, it gives it a little shock to kind of get it back in rhythm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is great. Mm. I think what was kind of, I don't want to say what was nice about this incident because there wasn't anything nice about it, but it was kind of nice to see like, I guess, you know, Spurs fans, you know, remembering Christian for the player, the good player that he was for us. Yeah. And I think this was a moment that maybe for some fans got them past the kind of like betrayal they felt about him leaving the club. Um, because like we ran like a, um, a Spurs team of the century from 2000s onwards mm. poll, like, you know, a few months ago. Um, and Vandervaart came in very well ahead of Ericsson, which I think personally I would have made the change to put Ericsson in there Me too. for that team. Apart from that, I think the rest of the team was pretty spot on. Yep. Um, but I think it just showed from then people were still a bit upset about um, sort of Ericsson leaving and that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, but it, it, it was just really nice to see now, like, you know, people sort of giving their support on Twitter for Ericsson and I guess like us overall going back to a fan base that, um, you know, supports him for everything he did, he, he did for us and, you know, the seven years he had and, and everything he did there. So I think that was just kind of a nice thing that sort of came out of it that, we can all go back to, you know, loving Christian again and, um, you know, and realizing that, you know, this stuff's bigger than like football. So whatever silly things we thought about him leaving and how we felt about all that, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's just nice to, you know, hopefully see him, get, you know, continue to have success in the future and be happy for him. Yeah, totally. It was, um, you know, the Spurs fan base has been rarely unified in the last 18 months and it was nice to have uh, everyone, you know, coming around to Christian uh, and supporting him, which was great. Yeah. Um, the one thing that also unified the fan base um, was uh, in in the opposite way was uh, Daniel Levy's <laughs> video to the fans, um, which uh, as probably expected made everyone pretty mad. Um, it was, it was a bizarre, it's always bizarre when people in that position make speeches 
Um, it's a bizarre video. I, I still thought he, you know, spoke pretty well. And um, there were a few really interesting points in there, like that he, um, he said that we apparently had been rejected by managers that we've never even spoken to um, and that the club is working on it and they want to get us playing back in the Tottenham way, you know, with the DNA of Tottenham. Um, and, uh, we're going to find a manager to do that. Um, and then also he said that we've got unfinished business at the end, which, uh, I don't know if you want to go through the other stuff first, or should I go straight into my conspiracy theory? Barney, what's that crinkling of aluminium that I <laughs> yeah. hear? I'm just putting on my tin foil hat. So I, I <laughs> have a theory and it's tongue in cheek, but like, I just want to go along with it for the fantasy. Like I imagine a lot of people that are into conspiracy theories do. Um, I feel like it always starts that way. Yeah. Like you start with like, oh, yeah, that's an interesting way of looking at things. Mm. And then YouTube grasps onto you with their algorithm and go, all right, join us in the depths. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bananas aren't real. (laughs) Um, So the last line of the video by Levy is he says, we have unfinished business, which is the same thing that Pochettino said about Tottenham Hotspur uh, and whether he'd come back. And he said he'd love to because he feels like he has unfinished business. And I was like, that seems like such a coincidence that Tottenham have produced this slick video and decided to include that as the last line. And so I was like, I'm just going to run with this. Pochettino is still going to be the the manager of Tottenham come uh, the, the time that we appoint a manager whenever that's going to be. Yeah, look... I would love to jump on board this with you. I'm not as convinced. Mm -hmm. I would say to me, like unfinished business is, you know, a relatively standard phrase to to use. Yeah. But a part of me, a part of me does want to believe that he'll come back, but maybe in like a couple of years, Mm. I think, Um, you know, I think we spoke about this before that I I think he's, it just seems a bit too soon for him to come back now. Um, But, you know, at this stage, if he did, I would be. I guess I'm, I would warm to the idea more than than previously. Um, it would be have to be very, um, yeah, like a very long winded ploy from Levy to like release this video, which is probably almost three weeks ago or so, um, and then have us keep going through all this search and then eventually end up with Pochettino. So I would love that if there was some if there was some reason behind that and this did actually eventuate. Yeah. Um, well, uh, it's going to. So, so what, what's happening at the moment is they're going through the motions with PSG. Poch wants to leave. They're doing a bit of a dance around getting him back to the Spurs. They need PSG to PSG say, yeah, he can go, but we have to have a manager before then. They're holding talks with Antonio Conte at the moment. This is <laughs> my fantasy. Um, and then um, we will sign Pochettino and, and that will be... That will be the way. I love, uh, Barney, I actually, I look, I, the more you talk about it, the more on board I'm getting for it because yeah. I love that your fan fiction here um, is, you know, bringing Pochettino back mm-hmm. um, and all these background chats they're having with everyone. Oh, yeah. Um, who knows? There could be, this could actually eventuate in the sense that I would assume that PSG don't actually care about Pochettino. Like, no. honestly, they don't care. Mm. They don't care about Pochettino. Um, cause yeah, if he goes and they just bring in Conte, they'd bring in whoever they can pay, whatever they want. Um, but I think that, you know, they're just, there's obviously a big compensation fee that they would want for that to happen. Um, hence why you extend his contract as well, um, to really sort of cover that off. So who knows, like the more desperate that our search gets, we could end up maybe revisiting some of these targets, which we've had previously, uh, such as Pochettino, Ten Hag, and people like that, where we have thought, oh, the you know the transfer fee for a manager, which seems such like a, an unusual thing, but at the end of the day, why don't we have transfer fees for managers? Like it may, if we have them for players, like it would make sense yeah. uh, to have them for managers as well. Uh, but maybe we do go back in and we go, all right, we're actually just going to pay the compensation and bring Poch home, mm, bring him home. Um, the other things that uh, come up in this video is uh, Levy talking about bringing back the Spurs. Uh, DNA and attacking football. And then obviously as soon as his video was released, he um, was linked with, we were linked with um, Conte, which uh, the free flowing attacking football, although Conte does play uh, with the ball, it's, you know, possession based, but it's more highly rehearsed um, moves rather than this sort of like 
creativity and seeing what happens and exciting players and developing youth, all that kind of stuff, which is interesting. And then also like um, the latest link um, to to uh, Nuno that has just um, happened kind of counteracts or contradicts rather uh, that statement. It's interesting that the, the Fonseca signing uh, or Fonseca kind of links in with um, – with that philosophy and yet that fell apart as well. Um, so, you know, maybe the video just means nothing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, yeah, it did seem like, um, yeah, because I think we were talking to Conte that everyone was like, yep, he wins things, let's do it, even though it just seems so unrealistic. Yeah. Like Madrid turned him down because his re- expectations were unrealistic for them. So, I mean, let's not be surprised about it. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, then we had the video and that was, I think that was also around like, Fonseca was kind of, I don't know if maybe that was also a part of a ploy to try and get us on board with Fonseca as well. And like, here's an attacking manager we're linked with and we're talking to, um, you know, attacking DNA, blah, 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 blah. Um, But then it's kind of, it's so hard to know what is true, what isn't. But then coming out with a reason for Fonseca collapsing was that he wanted to be a bit too attacking and didn't want to, um, you didn't really want to shore up the back as much as... um, Pratici wanted. Yeah. Um, so, and then you get like, you know, <laughs> then you've got the links to Gattuso, uh, which I kind of think we're all rubbish to begin with. Mm. But he, there's no way that that sort of fits in with that DNA. Um, and it's, then the links yeah. to, to uh, Nuno. Mm. <laughs> like, um, it just seems like with this video and Levy, like I, I always like to give him the benefit of the doubt in a lot of situations. Um, that doesn't. That's not always necessarily a good thing. Mm. Um, but I think that maybe this might have been done with good intentions. But then there's, you know, we are just having some issues finding a replacement, and we are starting to explore managers that may not be the ideal candidate, which matches up perfectly with that DNA. Yeah, I find it so uh, fascinating that apparently part of the reason why the Fonseca deal fell through was that he wanted to play with a back four and Paratici was like, no, I'm setting up the team to play with a back three. And they couldn't come to an agreement and so the deal was off, which to me is bananas. Like that, it couldn't fall apart on that one thing. You know, maybe it has something to do with him being like, no, nah, we don't need to shore up the back line, I don't care. Um, but then also with the Catuso stuff, like Fonseca, there was sort of this, like, all the fans were like, who? And then, well, we were like, who? And everyone kind of came around after watching that documentary about him where he just comes across so well. Such a great little documentary. It was so good. And seeing Shakhtar, it looked like they were at a little holiday resort, like that you used to go to with, like, with your family when it's like, we can't afford to go on a big holiday, so we're just going to go to a little camping ground which has some little wooden cabins and all that sort of stuff. Like, seeing them sitting in their tactics room or with, like, you know the the um the projector and it's just like this wooden little cozy place. Like I, I was I I was falling in love with the uh, the idea of that. Um, but now I think about it, it's probably not as much Fonseca. It was just like just the vibe that came across in that documentary. Yeah, the um, setup. Yeah, it looked like an old ski lodge. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and the fact that they were like, "This is where we have our team meeting," and there was like the the f- there was food there, and it was like boxes of cereal and yeah. stuff. I was like, what? This looks like my year nine footy camp. Like, what is happening? Um, yeah, I, yeah, maybe it was just the video was very charming rather than him. I really loved the uh, – sorry, I was just going to say, I really yeah. loved the, his translator. Oh, yeah. That bit where the translator's following him around and he's like, yeah, so I sometimes he says something, um, something, uh, you know, in uh, Ukrainian and I repeat it because I just repeat it. And then they show just like clips of him like just not translating but just shouting the exact same thing again. That's um, so good. It was so it was great. And yeah, that had me sold. Yeah, had me and sold. And that crumbled. Yeah. Um, and then we moved on. Yeah, we moved on to Gattuso and, yeah. and Nuno and 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 so forth. Yeah. Like if the Gattuso link was real and it was actually something that was close to getting done, and then Spurs flipped out because um, all the fans were like, do not sign this guy as a manager. He, A, isn't a very good manager and B, has ha- said some horrible things, you know, in the press. Um, 
I just think we're in like if if this is true, we're in real trouble because he there's no indicators around him that he will do a competent job at Spurs. There's no like like Potter or even Fonseca or Pochettino in the past, which at the time was like everyone was a bit sore about not getting Van Hal. There were indicators as to him being able to um, do something at Spurs. There is nothing with Gattuso. It makes no sense to sign him at all. So I am so baffled. It, it must. Well, I hope that it was just smoke and mirrors and it's got nothing to do with um, – uh, maybe it was a tactic to try and get Fonseca to agree to something else uh, and they were going to sign him by saying they were going to get Gattuso, but I really hope it wasn't legit. Well, we know so much now. Like there are so many leaks that come up everywhere about everything. Yeah. And it's not all of the leaks can be true. Mm. And there's just so many different things claimed. Like Fonseca, it's like, oh, there's a tax issue why he can't come. There's a, um, there's the, you know, having an argument with Paratici about the, the back four versus back three. Like I feel like there's a lot of things just being made up by journalists. There's a lot of pressure on journalists too to make you know, content every day and to have new articles for people to read. So I think that it's a lot of, um, what's that game? Telephone where mm. you're just repeating thing. There's a lot of these sort of things which happen where it's like, um, you know, someone might mention like, oh, you know, the pastor, Paratici, he, we wanted to bring Gattuso to some say. Oh, Paratici likes Gattuso. Oh, yeah. Oh, Paratici's in, in conversation with Gattuso. Oh, Gattuso is now the favorite to take the job. Oh, Gattuso is now ironing out the final details of the contract. And things just seem to like escalate like crazy. Um, and it just seems weird. It's like it it just doesn't – I don't think that we've been in a situation where we've been like, you know, fully negotiating with managers, getting a whole bunch up to a point where we're almost ready to go ahead and then something collapsing and whatever. But that seems to be the narrative that's being pushed out by all the journos. Um and I think now the journos love fueling this idea of this club being in a complete mess, complete disrepair. Um, we've we've spoken about like people like Alistair Gold and stuff before. Mm. And it's like I feel a lot of stuff there is like it's kind of like not quite fear-mongering, but it's definitely trying to r- like rile up the fan base by going on, oh, it's such a mess here. We've got this. Oh, this is happening. Oh, this. Oh, what a complete mess at Tottenham Hotspur, all this sort of stuff. And it's like. I think so many of these things are being blown completely out of proportion for how advanced things were and what's happening. Like I think with any kind of hire, you want to talk to whoever is available on the market, but that doesn't mean that they are necessarily really in contention for the job um, or that you're in advanced talks with them. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, you're exactly right in that journalists, uh, their job is yes, to report the news, but to, uh, you know, continue with narratives about a certain, like Spurs at the moment, the narrative is like, it's chaos. They don't know what they're doing. They're falling apart. Or two years ago, they were so well run or three years ago. And now look at them. They've, you know, like the whole place is on fire. Um, and, you know, like they also are supposed to write up the fan base, get interaction like that. That is what they do. And they're all reader skater from Harry Potter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um and I agree with you. I just can't imagine. We cannot have been in advanced talks with this many managers. Like advanced talks take time. Like in my experience of uh, any kind of contract, it takes time. Like it, it's not this like, okay, cool. We're, in the, we're already at the, we're doing the final things. It's just not possible. And I think things have been reported where we've been like, hey, uh, you available? Would you consider this job if you were, you know, in contention for it? Oh yeah, maybe. And then we're like, cool, thanks. And then we never talk to them again. And that's being reported as them rejecting us or that um, things have fallen apart because you can technically in journalist land be like, things have fallen apart between Spurs and um, Fonseca or whoever. If Spurs go, you know, uh, we want you, uh, maybe (laughs) we'll see. And then you're like, actually we don't like, Oh, definitely. And I think, you know, on these leaks and the, the, the like agents or managers of the managers, like agents, um, they're really like, if, if there's reports about their client being in discussions with a club, they're looking out for their client. So if that falls apart for whatever reason, 
they are much more likely to leak something to the press blaming the club and being like, oh, they rejected the team. They rejected that. They rejected this. Um, whereas it's like, you know, not trying to blindly just always take the side of the club, but it's like we just have to acknowledge that like an agent of a manager, their interest is in making it look like the manager turned down the job every single time because they're trying to get their manager into a new job. You're not going to go to another club like, all right, so yeah, we've got Nuno here. Um, no, he's he's turned down a whole bunch of jobs. Like he's interviewed for a lot, but he's he turned them all down because they're not as exciting as your project here that we've we really want to go with. As opposed to, yeah, no, Nuno's been like rejected by everyone, uh, but he'd really like to come here and start a project. Yeah, and it's uh, meant to be mutual at Wolves, but it wasn't. He's been fired, <laughs> so um, we're just trying to yeah get him in anyway. Like he can. Um, he can sweep the floors. He could be the kit man if you want, or manager, whatever. Um, I find the Nuno thing also is very dubious because initially one of the things that came out that was apparently very solid was that we were not interested at all. Yeah. And now it's like all of a sudden we've completely changed our minds. And I'm like, actually, he seems pretty good when there are several managers on the short list that was being considered before all of this other stuff that aren't being discussed now. It's like, well, no, he was the one guy we said we didn't want. So why would we then go past all the other managers and go to this guy? It doesn't, like, it just doesn't make any sense. Definitely. And like, if he, you know, if Mendes is peddling him around to whoever, Mm -hmm. it's so much better him to go, oh, look, who knows? He's in advanced discussions with Spurs right now. So if you want him to come here to Crystal Palace, boy, you're going to have to move quick. Yeah. Like we can't muck around because Spurs mm. really advanced over there. He's round at Daniel Levy's house having a tea at the moment, mm. just a little tea in a Vovo in the backyard. So yeah. that's how close he is to signing. So yeah. come on, come mm. on. Mm. Um, and we fall for it every single time. Uh, have <laughs> you noticed there's a pattern in uh, whether it's like ITK on Twitter or uh, journalists or whatever where they say whenever Everton is linked with somebody, which they were linked with Nuno is taking over, um, we get linked to that person or that manager or player very quickly afterwards. Mm. And it's a, it's definitely an agent thing because we are, you know, one step above Everton in terms of, or a couple of steps above Everton in terms of stature. And so they can then release that. All the Everton fans go, oh, no, Spurs are going to steal. He'd rather go there because they've got more money or they it's a bigger club. Um, and they put pressure on the club or the club feels the pressure and then makes a decision. Yeah. It happens all the time. Like keep an eye out for it over the window. It will happen constantly. Yeah, you're 100% right. And it's, again, it's just driving things. It's dri- It's just negotiations. Yeah. It's just such basic negotiation tactics. Like even if you're really go- going well with the club, oh, Everton have offered us this much, you know, we're going to like, we, we need a bit more than what you've offered to like, it's just, you know, it's just nuts. Yeah. Um. And it's like, I'd like to quote um, the great Jay-Z in this instance. Oh, please. Um, he's got uh, a lyric which I think is, um, believe uh, none of what you hear, half of what you see, even if it's spat by me. Wow. And that's the approach I'm taking, which is mm. like, <laughs> it sounds ridiculous, but whenever I'm seeing these reports now, I'm like, what would Jay-Z do? What do I listen to Jay-Z's words on this? And then it's like, yeah, I'm not going to believe anything until I see an image. And then given how proficient people are with Photoshop these days, unless it's on the Spurs like yeah. Twitter or Spurs website, I'm not believing anything mm. that's written about anyone. Yeah, I agree. I completely agree. That's, I mean, that just how, I mean, I think Levy says that in his video. He's like, don't believe anything until the club posts about it. Yeah. And that's a very good tactic <laughs> if, you know, to try and uh, suppress any of the the anger that people might be feeling towards him and the club. But also, like, you actually can't. Like, it's impossible. Like, you know, the the golden god of journalism or um, as we like to call him, the tap-in merchant, uh, Fabrizio Romano, um, this transfer window has, like, been borderline confirming us with, like, three or four different managers only for a, for the, him to then be like, the deal is off. And it's like, but you said an hour ago that it was done. Like, it's happening. So you just, like, even... Trusted sources uh, off. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And you also see with someone like Romano, you see that, um, you know, he does have a reputation of being a trusted source. But then it is so easy to backflip on that and just go, oh, no, their talks collapsed. They were actually advanced, but now they collapsed. Yeah. Um, but you look again, like 
he's got you know 3.2 million followers i think on twitter mm. um so it, he needs to be putting out content Ooh, yeah. the amount of posts he put about why naldum joining psg <laughs> And like, it's like, it's every day. There's yeah. like the same post. It's like he's done what we used to do for school assignments where we just run a few sentences through a thesaurus yeah. and just change it up a little bit. And it's like, oh, the teacher's not going to notice that we've said the same point five times in a yeah. row here. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's doing the exact same thing. And it's like, yeah, Gigi talks close, blah, 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 blah. And the next time, yeah, Gigi's 100% signing on the dotted line. Like, And, and you're just like, same with Donnarumma, like everything that he posts about, it's just like repeating it like 20 times. Yeah. Um, just to sort of, so people get that little hit mm. of like, oh, it's happening. Oh, yeah. Yep. What's happening? Oh, I thought it was off. No, but it's happening. It's reported again today. Ah. Oh. And it's just like, it's it's just pointless. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. It's completely pointless. Um, the other thing that's been uh, kind of concerning, but maybe it's also smoke and mirrors, who knows, is um, the links with George Mendes' clients. This is in a managerial sense um, with uh, Catuso and and Nuno. And Wolves have, you know, you would say overall maybe benefited from uh, Nuno's links to Mendes because they've ended up with like quite a few really good players, some of which they've sold on. But there's no point in having a director of football. Like we've gone through all this hurrah of appointing uh, Paratici if we're going to get a manager that has Mendes as his agent, because then we're just going to sign Mendes players. Like that just defeats the purpose of having one. It seems very corrupt. Mm. Like this whole Mendes thing with all his, um, and I, I don't mean it corrupt in a surprised manner. Yeah. But it just seems very corrupt when you actually, you, when you look at it like that and you're like, how many Wolves players um, were, you know, Mendes clients um, in the past? Like how many Mendes clients have been pushed to a manager that is, um, is under Mendes. Was Doherty Mendes? Yes. I think, I think he was. So. Yeah. And Jose is Mendes. Yes. Yeah. Um, so it's just like, it just seems ridiculous that clubs would just be, you know, going along with these purchases um, until you get a club like Fiorentina. Okay. Like Gattuso Mendes, get out of here. This is not happening. Yeah. But then, of course, Gattuso left and resigned. Yeah. Yeah. Um, of, but it's like, it's. It's ridiculous. Mm, yeah. So this, the story that I've heard from uh, Fiorentina is that after being appointed, Gattuso said, right, we need these three players. And I think two out of three or maybe three out of three of them were Mendes clients um, and they were going to be paying through the nose for them. Um, and the club were like, no, why, why would we do that? We don't need these players. We've got no money after um, the pandemic. And then the whole thing blew up. Because he, I don't know. I, I mean, who knows what happened? No, I, I, I just love that though. It's like, you know, you want, you want Harry Winks? Yeah, he's a sixty million pound player. Yeah, this is in the world where Harry Winks is signed with Mendes. Yeah, um, <laughs> and just gets pushed around, mm. <laughs> to, which I'm sure you would like. Yes, in a way. Yeah, um, but it sounds now like maybe you know teams are sort of going, hang on, no, we're not doing this, especially with the financial times now and how irresponsible spending has been by you know football in general in the past that so many clubs now are forced to maybe actually be a bit more realistic about things um, and start going, no, Hawaii, we're not going to, <laughs> we're not going to do this. You're not going to get your 5 million euro, like, you know, agents fee mm. on top of this. Um, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. So, but I agree with your, your, your overall point of like, if we have a director of football, we shouldn't, that shouldn't really be a thing to then get in bed with an agent and then just be shoveled all the players that they want to move. Mm. Um Across to that club. Yeah. Like the director of football, you know, I like the idea of a director of football who's like signing players that we don't know about. Um, and, you know, if it if if we're linked with a player like this uh, Tomiyasu, I think, from Bologna, mm-hmm. um, the sort of centre-back right-back that we're sort of linked with at the moment, again, who knows how true it is. Um, and if I look up after this and I find out he's a bloody Mendes client, <laughs> <laughs> I am retiring. Yeah. Um, but I like that, we you know, we having a director of football, you don't want to be just going after the obvious players and getting the obvious players over the line. You want them to be looking at these things. It's like, where actually is there a good deal for a underappreciated player to bring them in? Um, and like what you're saying, like Mendes, that's you don't get that with Mendes clients. You're overpaying for them. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we have, I think it's a week now until preseason starts about, uh, and we still don't have a manager. Um, and there are still some names floating around. Um, Graham Potter's name is still in there. 
if we tomorrow announce Graham Potter as the manager, uh, how would you feel? Uh, <laughs> I love I thought you were about to get into like a long thing, but you caught me off guard. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Um, I would be happy with Potter. I'm yeah, happy me, with Potter. Mm-hmm. You? Me too. I would feel relieved. Yeah. I'd be like, cool. He seems like a sane, well put together dude. Um, I love his background um, and the fact that he's, you know, got had the education he's had and his approach to um, football. I, I would be, I would just be like, oh, what a relief. Yeah. Cool. I love as well. I was going to say that there's reports that come out that like, oh, Paratici doesn't want an English manager, oh, blah, 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 blah. But it's like we still reference certain English managers like they are English managers from like 40 years ago, where it's just like, oh, like it's it's almost like every English manager becomes like a version of like Harry Redknapp or like, you know, Sean Dyche or someone like that, um, where it's just like, I mean, there are some good English managers. Like yeah. there's, it shouldn't just be this um, – it's this weird kind of thing, especially someone like Potter. Like he went um, overseas to Norway, I think, for like seven yeah. years or something mm. um, and got a club up into the top division and then like I think won one title with them. Um, again, you say Norwegian League, fine, of course. Um, it's not, uh, you know, one of the top leagues. But it's someone who's obviously been prepared to go out of their comfort zone, go to, a, a you know, another country that isn't predominantly English speaking um, and actually have some sort of success there, even if it is at a much smaller level. So I kind of like the mentality of that sort of um, manager because I don't know. It just shows like a willingness to go um, to go and learn your trade wherever you can, um, and not just be tied to sort of working within one sort of system or in one country or that sort of thing. So I guess what I'm trying to say is like Graham Potter, what a continental guy. Yeah. Um, let's sign him up. <laughs> yeah, I would be so happy. The other one is uh, Gerard, which I would not be happy with because it's Gerard. I don't know what what you think. I feel like I haven't seen enough of Rangers playing mm. um, and because I know, that, yep, they won a title. They apparently play quite well, but it is in Scotland where, yes, Celtic have dominated mm. more than Rangers have, but still it's like two very large puffer fish in a tiny little tiny little pond. Yeah. Um, the thing with Gerard is like I, I would be willing to give him a go because I feel like even if Gerard is someone who is – waiting for the Liverpool job. Like he's like he's a real born competitor. Like I don't think he would come in and view this as purely just a stepping stone where he can just get by until Klopp goes and then he goes to Liverpool. Like I think he would want to come in and really prove his credentials as a top level manager because he's unproven at the moment. Mm. Um so I I'm not so against Gerard but I'd probably say like I it wouldn't excite me um as something so it sounds like you're probably a bit more Against him, yeah, I don't want him. To me, it's like uh, like the Ten Hag appointment, where it's like, oh, it's Ten Hag, and um, they play really well. It's like, yeah, yeah, cool. But look at the league that they're in, mm. like, and look who they're competing against, and look at the stature of their club versus the other clubs. Like, the Scottish league is like an even sort of more reduced version of that, and it just catapulting him into the into the Premier League makes no sense. Uh, I, I don't understand why we would do that. I feel it's like maybe all about comparisons now because mm. it's like I'm looking at Gerard in the sense of like, would I prefer Gerard to say a Nuno or a Gattuso? Yeah. Yes, mm. definitely. Um, would I prefer Gerard to say Poch coming back? I prefer Poch to come back. Yeah. Um, so I guess, yeah, it's kind of like now it's it's interesting cuz like we're trying to compare managers overall but also it's like we have to see who is available yeah who is actually interested mm. um and sort of go from there it feels like to me that this conte scenario maybe put this over um inflated expectation from us as a fan base now where it's like all right we need we only need to be going for managers who have just won a title and do that and it's like where did we finish we finished 7th yeah right it's like We've got to accept that, like, you know, we're not – yes, we're a great club. Yes, we've got a lot to offer. Yes, we've got an amazing training uh, training ground. We've got an amazing stadium, all those sorts of things. We're attractive on a lot of levels. But we can't just now have this thing as a fan base where it's like there are two acceptable managers in the world and mm. anyone else is a rubbish decision. Yeah. Like, it's just not – it's just unrealistic. Exactly. Well, I mean, I think the fan base had accepted – that we there was like no one really around to like big names to sign, and then when we got linked, like you said, to um, oh my god, I've gone completely blank. 
think Antonio Conte. I was going to say, which yeah. one? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when we got linked to Conte, all of a sudden, you're right, the expectations shot up because it was like, oh, Antonio Conte just won and, you know, he wins. And now anything that's below Conte is a disappointment. When it was like previous to that, it was like, who knows? Like, we'll just see who we get. Yeah. Um, about Graham from Essex? Yeah. yeah. Let's we'll, get him in. <laughs> we'll get him in. Um the other – we haven't discussed the Nuno thing, which I think is interesting the way his sort of career at Wolves went, where they came up, they finished seventh or something, I think. I think uh, they got two sevenths two, in a row. Yeah, right. Okay. In, in his first two seasons. Mm. And they did play – they've gotten more defensive, like with each year, um, to the point where it's very dull football and – it is very unexciting if he was to come to Spurs, which apparently is not happening anyway. Um, so I'm very pleased about that. But the, but the other managers that we have been linked with from now because of the Euros are interesting. Um, we've got. So I was just going to say, oh. just quickly, just in case we moved on for Nuno for good. Yeah. But I was just going to say on that point, um, I think what you said was right. Like he was playing more defensive. But the thing is, well, like you look at the Premier League and it's a tough league to play in. So this is not a defensive Nuno, even though it sounds like it is. Yeah. Um, but I feel like a lot of teams do have to sort of play a bit more defensive. Um, but then you get a team like Brighton who still play um, attacking football. They go after it and they stay in the league. Mm. So I think that is a commendable thing, which goes back in the pro Potter yeah. thing. So I just, I, I just want to make that quick comparison between like, say, a Potter and a Mendes. Uh, sorry, a Mendes. Uh, well, but he's a Mendes. Every, he's, he's a Mendes. He is a Mendes. Yeah. Um, Potter and Nuno that like you know, that to me is even more pro Potter because it's like we have that comparison there that he's not just coming into the league to sit back and defend. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas it seems like Nuno's kind of like, well, I'm retracting back. Oh, this is what I have, so I'm going to defend. Yeah. Um, which is also kind of like what Jose was doing with us. Exactly. And he was sort of settling and going, well, what am I supposed to do? I've got to sit back and defend. Yeah. And it's like, I don't care about that. Mm. I want to see us go for it. Yeah. You know, I want to sit down and watch games and have fun. And yeah, cool. We might lose. Fine. Like I want to actually just be be able to you know go into a game and thinking we're going to be entertained. Mm. Uh, we're at least going to try something. We're going to have some exciting players playing rather than sitting back and defending and just trying to not concede and, and all that sort of stuff. Exactly. Yeah. There were there was a point under Jose where I caught the end of an A League game and I was like, this is exciting, and it was because our football was so just dross <laughs> that. The A-League looked exciting, which is – that shouldn't happen ever um, when comparing Tottenham Hotspur to the A-League. But, you know, alas, that's over now. So <laughs> um, so on the on the Euros managers, um, I've seen uh, links – obviously there's been links with Martinez or Martinez rather um, that have been going for a while. I think that would be a terrible move. Well, um, you say that, Barney, but yeah. there's a uh, BBC documentary – I think it's BBC, um, which is an hour-long documentary about him working with Belgium. Oh. And I really want to see it, Mm. but I am probably worried that that might make me pro Martinez. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Just like the Fonseca documentary Mm -hmm. happened. So, um, yeah, I I think you're right. Like it's not an exciting thing, but um, who knows? We could be swayed if we sit down and watch this. (laughs) I will not be swayed. I will not be swayed. Um, I will sit you down like Clockwork Orange style, peel back your eyelids and make you watch this documentary. Over and over again. And then condition you to just any other name that is not Martinez. You just outrage. Yeah. Create a new hashtag. (laughs) Oh, I don't want that to happen. No. No. Uh, I I don't think it's exciting. I I think you're right. But like of the other international managers, are you more excited about those ones that have been thrown around? Well, I just don't know. Like obviously I've seen... Mancini manage or Mancini manage when he was with City, um, but like he's sort of, you know, for us Premier League watchers has kind of been in the wilderness for ages. Like I kind of forgot he existed. Mm. And Italy have been good, but they also like they do possession to the point of like AVB possession, where it's like, oh my god, like pass the ball forward, it's, as opposed to just like sitting. Barney, we've got one superstar that you would love to see in that system. No, see, this is also <laughs> what I'm afraid of because if he comes in, he'll be like, ah, fantastic, Harry Winks, the perfect player to hold the ball. 
that would be so bad. And then, um, and I don't want to say this wrong because I constantly mispronounce it. Could you, the French Deschamps? Uh, Deschamps. Deschamps. I don't actually know really anything about him. So like the French team is stacked and they still managed to lose last night. So, <laughs> Yeah, I, again, I feel like what's really difficult is to compare international managers yeah. to club positions, mm. especially ones that haven't been managing a club for a few years. Yeah. Because like if you're an international manager, you don't have players with you for that long. Mm-hmm. You often, it's going to be really hard for you to actually, you know, drill an identity into your team and get them playing in a, you know, um, specific way. Obviously some, some managers manage to do it, but like it, it, I think it can be a lot more challenging, which is why I think you see a lot of like, you know, a lot of international teams, especially the bigger ones, they tend to sit back a bit more and, like I think what Southgate's done with England, uh, which there's not a praise of that, mm. but it seems like he's taken a very risk-averse approach to go, I don't really have too long. I'm just going to sit back, absorb, and that's just how we're going to play. Um, I don't mean necessarily like absorb in like a low block or something like that, but mm. I just mean like it's really a really defensive setup where it's like we will not concede. Let's just worry, you know, let's just sit back, do that, and then let's just wait for our like attacking superstars to pull something out. Mm-hmm. Um, and to my knowledge, I I don't know if this is exactly right, but from people that you know, I haven't seen that much of France this tournament, but I feel like they've been a bit similar to that. Like they haven't exactly been like you know a team that was lighting up the the tournament with you know beautiful free flowing attacking football. Mm. Um, so I think it's just so difficult to kind of you know take it, even if a, a manager has done an incredible job at national team level to to really like, you know, assess exactly how they would go um, in a club position. Yeah. I mean, I I completely agree with you. And then what you've said has also reminded me that there were for a little while rumours about Southgate being the Tottenham manager. And that it, it's, it's fascinating to me because there are quite a few Spurs podcasts that were very anti-Mourinho from the get-go. And all of the things they were criticizing him for are the things they're now praising Southgate for doing for like the same language. Exactly. Yeah. And it's just like, Whoa, this is bizarre that this, like this is happening. He, it's like, sit back, wait for the superstars to do stuff. I just like, it would be so that would maybe be my most depressing managerial hire. If it was Southgate, that would, Oh, that, that would be horrendous. It'd be horrendous. And you're right, playing like that would not be good. Mm. It's like, and we can see, like, if a team comes up from the the championship and then they get into the Premier League, and if they set up like that to stay in the Premier League, fine. Yeah. There's so much money involved in this game now totally. that, like, for the, for, you know, for the benefit of their club long term, they need to do what they can to stay up. So totally. if that happens, totally fine. Mm-hmm. But if we're a club like Tottenham, we're not, despite what everyone's saying that, oh, we're dusted, we're going to get relegated. Yeah. We're not going to get relegated, all right? We're not close to getting relegated. Yeah. So with that, we need to be going after it. We can't be, we can't just like, you know, be happy to sit back and have this defensive football because Mm. we don't have the risk of going out. Like we've got players who are good enough that even if we play really, really poorly, um, and you can say by all standards, like this season wasn't a great result at all. No. But we still finished seventh. Mm. So it wasn't like we're not, finishing 15th if we do that. Mm. So we're not at risk of being relegated. Yeah. So I think we we need to sort of not play with like this fear-based mindset of, you know, trying to stop things, trying to stop all that. We just need to we need to, we need to go for it. We need to have a bit of fun again. Yeah. I just want to have some fun again. Yeah, just have some fun again. I agree. Um, moving on from managers, we've, the, we've had a little bit of Kane transfer stuff happen. Obviously, uh, he still wants to leave. Um, and Manchester City apparently have offered a hundred million pounds uh, plus one of Laporte, Sterling, or Jesus. Um, I then saw a report come out that Sterling was furious he'd been offered to Spurs, but which is funny because I was furious that he might come. <laughs> so um, I, you know, like who knows whether any of that's true. Like the only player I can see there that would suit us, despite having a dream that we signed Jesus, the only player that. I can see that would suit us as Laporte because we need a centre-back. Yeah. Um, but I just – like the thing is that these players also need to agree to come. It seems sort of very up in the air. The other thing is City apparently now want to buy Grealish, which I don't know whether that – they don't need him. It doesn't really make any sense whether that is 
uh, a way of trying to show Tottenham that if they don't bow to or like agree with them about a Kane transfer, the money's going elsewhere. I don't know. Um, well, I almost feel that City, in a way, because they still don't have their coveted Holy Grail of the Champions League, mm. they're probably going to do whatever they can to have a deep enough squad that they can win Premier League, win Champions League, and they can play a they can play a team that would win either competition, like each match. If that makes sense, like they can play half their squad uh, during the week and beat their you know biggest rivals in the league. Then play half their squad on the weekend and beat Madrid, beat PSG, knock them out, and, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. I also think that Man City, because Man City, they're not good people who run this club. Mm. Um, it wouldn't surprise me as well if it's like a lot of the stuff they do, it seems like they love just the idea of stockpiling players to also stop other teams from having them. Yeah. Because like Grealish could go to any other team in the league, mm. would start, would be a star. Mm. Um, I suppose included. <laughs> I'd love to have Grealish oh, back in the conversation. Yeah. Yep. Um, but, you know, it makes sense to like, even though you're City, you've got KDB, and I know they're not exactly the same player, but like you don't need KDB and Grealish in the same team. Yep. But if they have Grealish, no one else can have him. Mm. So it kind of like helps guarantee their success. I feel like it's the same with Kane. Like I don't, I'm like, why, why does City need Harry Kane? Mm. Like realistically, if you're Man City and you look at the Kane transfer, you go, Kane is an incredible player, of course. Is a 28-year-old, almost 29, I think, mm. um, or he might just be 28, but yeah, he's in his prime. But like, are you going to pay $150 million, like for him now? And then if you get next season, yeah, his price comes down, but he's a year older. Um, like, I just don't see why they would be even really interested with him um, unless a part of it as well is to like stop him going from another to another team in the league and making them more competitive. Yeah, I don't understand why City would spend that money on Kane when they could go get Haaland. Oh. That to me is... I mean, obviously, I love Harry Kane. He's a fantastic player. Haaland is younger. Who knows how he would go in the Premier League. But also, he's, what, like 24, 23? I think, like I think I'm 22. Wow. I think he's even yeah. a bit younger. Yeah. Or Mbappe. Go get him. Like, he's get one of them. Yeah. I think Haaland would be, like, just built for the Premier League. So, like, I would love to see him... A part of me is like, I would love to see him in the Premier League, but if he's just banging goals against us, that would be very painful. Yeah. But he's such a monster. Yeah. Um, so, such a monster. And I just love like, he's just so big, so quick, so strong, like, and he just finishes everything. Mm. Um, I would love to see him. He's never going to come to Spurs, but I would love to see him there. But if you're City, go for him then. Yeah. Um, I think as well before, I, I might have sidetracked a little bit, but from your initial point of like, you know, plays like Sterling and Jesus and Laporte, like, I think it's all rubbish. It's all made up. I don't think that there's any truth to that, really. I think mm. they've just picked who were some players who could not be happy at City with their game time overall. Yeah. Maybe these ones. And then it's easy to go, well, Sterling would never go. It's like, of course, Sterling would never go. Yeah. He's on like 300,000 pounds a week or yeah. something like that. Like, he's not going to go, yeah, I'm going to go to a team that's not playing in Champions League and is going to half my wages. Exactly. Also, Sterling, like, I can understand the Jesus and Laporte uh, game time thing, but Sterling plays very regularly for City. It doesn't make any sense why they would be like, see ya. Yeah. See ya, mate. <laughs> yeah, see ya, mate. Oh, you play pretty much every week for us. Uh, but yeah, you're going to go. Yeah. Like, wh why would they do that? It, it, it just makes no sense. Um, something that's just occurred as we're talking about this is like, oh, are City just trying to like recreate the England team in there? <laughs> yeah. Like they're finally just going, yeah, we actually now want to just invest in English players. Because I don't know how they are in terms of like um, requirements and maybe if they do need to buy some more English players. Mm, yeah, I don't um, know. But you think if, they, if they're going after Kane, if they're going after um, Grealish, like if, if, if they retained all their players and they've got Sterling, Kane, Foden, <laughs> Grealish, like you're looking at like, you know, England's best sort of attacking, arguably, yeah, um, sort of four players there. Um, it's really weird. I think that's why it's just I'm not really buying it so much. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah. And like, who knows? Like, I, I, I'm thinking more and more now that there's a chance of us keeping Kane because there'll just be a refusal to sell him for anything below top dollar. Yeah. Um, and there might be just the thought of like, well, if we keep Kane probably a chance of us getting into Champions League stays a bit higher mm. um, than having to, you know, find a replacement player uh, or even a couple of players to sort of come in. 
So that might be the thinking now that it's like, well, even if we lose 50 million off his transfer value by keeping him for another year, if he manages to get us back into Champions League next year, we make back that loss mm. in that, you know, in qualifying for it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that is the case. I'm, I'm, who knows? Who knows? Point, who knows? Um, hopefully some uh, more actual concrete news uh, comes out in the next week or so so we can talk about something and explore it in a way that is uh, not just sort of <laughs> hearsay. Um, it's like if we wrote down everything we've spoken about today, yeah. we would be a top-level journalist right now. Exactly, yeah. Like that's what, that, that's kind of where we're seeing now. Like this is just speculation, you know, like you say, this is just our thoughts on like what possibly could happen, but mm. there's nothing even remotely concrete to no. to really kind of like get behind and sort of like dissect and and really get into. Yeah. I, I One of my favorite Spurs pods is um, the base in America, weirdly, and they, uh, I love them. Dan's not such a huge fan. No, no, hang on. No. Yeah. <laughs> hang on. Yeah. You throw me under the bus a little um, bit. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Dan finds so they admit freely on the podcast that their audio quality <laughs> is all over the place, and uh, I've shown this podcast to several people. Dan is not alone in the fact that he, it's like, how do you listen to this? Um, yeah. But one of the things that it's they Wheeler Dealer Radio, Wheeler Dealer right? Radio, yeah. And just to clarify, uh, the content I find entertaining yep. and enjoyable to listen to, but it's just the audio levels. Yeah. That's where I've struggled. Yep. Um, and I find I keep having to turn up and down the volume based on who's talking. <laughs> yeah. That's the only issue I have with yeah. the podcast. Yeah. And I love that they leaned into that as yeah. well and yeah. go for it. Uh, but that's the only thing. I'm not yeah. trying, I'm not starting anything. <laughs> yeah. Well, I really didn't mean to throw you under the bus. Uh, uh, my apologies. <laughs> my apologies. Um, but one of the things they say in American sports, when there's rumors, the journalists have a level of access to which they can report and what they report is what is happening. Whether in England, they don't report what's happening. If you see lots of articles slowly coming about, out about how the team's unhappy with Mourinho, then you can kind of deduce that maybe the the squad is not liking Mourinho at the moment. It's like a matter of like looking at what kind of articles are coming out at this time, who's reporting them. You know, it's like a lot mistier and harder to sort of like uh, nail down what's actually going on. Um, which I just thought was very interesting. Yeah, and it, it totally makes sense. Like mm. I know um, in the past we've thought The Athletic is like a beacon of, <laughs> you know, beautiful reporting just because yeah. they write longer articles that are written well. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. But then realizing it seems like more and more now they're actually getting into this sort of speculative territory. Mm. Whereas I think when I first started reading The Athletic, it was a lot more like, you know, an in-depth breakdown of Harry Kane's penalty taking yeah. um, over like, you know, 3,000 words mm. um, and really just going through like three, four, five years of like data and like putting that into something. And I was like, this is great. This is really interesting to read. This is what I want to see. Um, or like they had some really interesting breakdowns of like all the Man City stuff and like all that over like a period of years of like this is what happened, this is how mm. it started, this is why they're so messed up. Um, but it seems more and more now it's like the athletic are reporting – on these speculative things. Yeah. Um, which is kind of disappointing because I was like, ah, oh, here's one thing that is like free from this. Mm. But maybe they're just saying like, hey, we're not actually getting clicks and stuff now because everyone else is just reporting all this like tabloid type stuff. Yeah. We need to get in on that to keep driving get to keep driving subscribers yep. to come through. Yeah. I mean, I I think you're right. I, I've noticed that as well. That initially it's all this like uh, in-depth analysis of something. The article's really well written. It's um, really interesting for like big nerds to read about, like myself and yourself. And now it's like that article about Harry Kane wanting to leave and then there was all that out outrage about it and they were like, well, we didn't say he was definitely leaving. It's like, <laughs> so you made it up. You just wrote about nothing. This is prior to any of Kane, Kane speaking publicly. Um, and then they all got really defensive about it all, you know, like the Spurs journos and Ornstein and, you know, <laughs> so yeah, it's a shame. It's a shame. Yeah. Um, it is a shame. One, one positive note regarding a Spurs players, I guess, um, is just, uh, you know, well, we're kind of like, there's not really too much to talk about 
the Euros. Mm. At, I mean, there's a lot to talk about if we were going full into the Euros, but yeah. I think given the time that it's on for us, it is a bit challenging for us to, you know, watch every game. Yeah. Given we have 2 a.m., 5 a.m., like I think, sorry, 4, 4 no, 5 a.m. Yeah. 5 a.m. games, 2 a.m. games. We've lost our early 11 p.m. games, which yeah. is devastating. It's a nightmare. So we're kind of, you know, we're not best to sort of like really bring a lot of coverage mm. to the, you know, on what's sort of happening there. But um, I've definitely been watching uh, Denmark. Yeah. Play. Yeah. And seeing Pierre oh. just absolutely run the show. Oh. It's really quite wonderful. It's <laughs> fantastic. It's such a good uh confirmation of the player that we paid three million dollars for. <laughs> yeah. Because we sent, you know, uh Kyle Walker Peters the other way. It is he is a really good signing. Like yeah. a really good signing. Watching, yeah, watching him for Denmark, he's the dude giving the speech every single time. He just, like, runs the show, like you said. It's awesome. Like, I watch Denmark. I was watching uh, for Christian, who obviously isn't playing, but now I just I watch it just to watch him. Yeah, and, and like, especially his, you know, like, his passing on the ball. Like, sure, he's not KDB, of course. Yeah. But, like, we're kind of like, I'm seeing this and getting excited for it. It's like, well, all right, let's see what, what Pierre can do under a different manager who mm. might maybe unleash him a little bit more attackingly. Yeah. Because I think he's got three or four assists or something in yeah. the tournament. Um, he's just controlling games and it's like we're watching a different Pierre. It's like mm. it's like there's been a limiter on him yeah. and that's just been removed now. Yeah. Um, and it's like it's really great to see. And mm. we know he's gone obviously straight into a straight from a challenging season with a lot of games in a very short period where he played everything. Yeah. <laughs> like he played con- like <laughs> pretty much every game for us. Um, and then there's not much of a, a break, but now playing sort of for Denmark. But he does look a bit more reinvigorated and, you know, hopefully gets a couple of weeks rest. He can come back and bring some of this form into Spurs. And, you know, I think like what you said, like he really looks like this leader of that mm. team. Yeah. Um, and I think we've said before, like we could see him like stepping into a more captain's role for Spurs. Mm. Um, and maybe, you know, he just needs to be there for a season to sort of like get his bearings. Um, well, as in be with us for a season. Yeah. Which he's had now. So maybe we get, you know, a slightly more confident Pierre. He's a bit more settled at the club. Um, it's becoming a bit more, you know, in that sort of like leadership group. Mm. Um, and yeah, let's get let's get Pierre starting to, you know, Play a little bit more in the, in that word you love, Barney. Dynamic. Dynamic. We want to see the dynamic. Um, I am always baffled um, when pundits or you know journalists say, um, "Oh, Spurs don't have any leaders on the pitch," because watching Spurs, Pierre doesn't shut up for the entire game. He does not shut up. He's constantly telling people where to go, where to run. He's telling Harry Kane where to <laughs> where to run. Like I get that Harry doesn't do that, and I don't think Harry Kane should be captain. But that's for another day. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I, it's like, well, like you said, if we take the limiter off him in terms of leadership, like he's there, he's ready made to be the captain of Spurs. Um, so I, I, I mean, I love him so that <laughs> I'm biased. I hope it happens. I hope it happens too. Yeah. And I think on your point of leadership, there's, yeah, there is this narrative of like Spurs lacking leaders, lacking mm-hmm. this. And it's like, I think it's just an easy one to kind of repeat. Yeah. Um, which even like Kane repeated, in his interviews, yeah. he's like, oh, we just didn't have like leadership, like blah, blah, blah. You're the cat. Yeah. What? Kane, step up, dude. Oh. <laughs> like, and I think there was, um, it might have been on the extra inch, but they made a comparison of like a lot of what Kane was saying in that interview sounded a lot like what Jose would say. And mm. Kane's really bought into it and he's just parroting what yeah. Jose talks about with leaders. Mm. Um, and I think there's something to that. Mm. Like this whole narrative about we don't have leaders, we don't have this, we don't have that. It's like, could we use a few more decisive figures in the, uh, in the team? Yes, mm-hmm. but you know we do have players who can lead. Yeah, um, and like Denmark, you've got to say they're overachieving now. Mm. Um, and you know, um, Hoybier is at the center of that. Yeah, exactly. So you can't tell me that we don't have leaders in the team. <laughs> you've just reminded me of that Kane interview, and I feel so angry now. <laughs> <laughs> it's so infuriating. Um, uh, yeah. Well, just just wait till England go out of the Euros. It's yeah. almost like we've been given a bit of a free pass. Um, for like, you know, Kane media frenzy. Yeah. Although, I mean, the narrative's just been like Kane hasn't played, you know, well in a couple of games and it's just getting slated. Slated. Which is also ridiculous. Yeah. That it feels like as soon as England go out of the tournament, um, yeah. 
it's going to all just turn around mm. back to like, I think Kane will be in the news every day. Like not him talking. Yeah. Uh, but he'll be in the news every day. Like there's going to be so many, like we need to like, you know, batten, batten the hatches and like we need to get prepared mm. for like an onslaught of like Sky Sports wanting to move Kane on this window. Yeah. And they'll it will just be, it'll be very, very unpleasant. Mm-hmm. So I oh, hope yeah. we just have a new manager in place. Um before that starts happening, yeah. Uh, otherwise, it might be you know a very uncomfortable uh, couple of weeks. You are totally right. It is going to be horrendous because it will. His England performances, if they go out uh, tonight against Germany, um, will be blamed on the fact that Spurs haven't sold him. Somehow, 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 Definitely. it will come down to that. Um. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm looking forward to the game tonight. Uh, if I manage to stay up and watch it. Um. And I think that's it. Is that it from us? Yeah, I think that's it. Um, yeah, we're going to watch, you know, the rest of the Euros, you know, and uh, for the rest of the week, see where we are. Hopefully, um, Pierre is still in next yeah, week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, England. I would love to still see England go through. Oh, like, me too. My dad's from England. I feel some sort of affinity there. Mum's from Italy. I feel the same thing. Yeah. A little bit there. So I kind of like semi-support those teams. But my heart is kind of now has just like, um, it's kind of like glancing over at Denmark. Um, but it would be nice if, you know, next week we still do have a couple of Spurs players to keep backing. Yeah, through it. great. Um, and, yeah, hopefully we'll have a man- new manager to talk about. Yeah. Uh, if not, we'll probably have another four or five candidates. That yeah, that have been we've been linked out. with that have apparently rejected us. So uh, look forward to that. Uh, I've been Barney. I've been Dan. Come on, you Spurs. See you next week. You've been listening to A Bit Spursy. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Email us at hello at abitspursy.com and subscribe via your usual podcast platforms.